0: Hi, you're listening to episode three of the Enjoying God podcast book club with me, Tim. This is a podcast that goes with our summer refresh theme at church. We're reading and chatting about Tim Chester's book. And on this episode, I'm joined by Derek Bullen, Marcia Melville, and Angus Lindsay to chat about Enjoying God the Sun. Derek, Marcia, and Angus are here with me to chat about chapters six to eight of Enjoying God, focusing on Enjoying God the Son. And before we talk about that, what are you all enjoying about the book so far? We'll start with you, Derek. What
1: are you enjoying? I think it's a nice book in that, even when Chester is talking about horrid things, sin, guilt, pain, suffering, it always comes out in such a nice, gentle, enjoy mm. God. And yeah. these things don't go away, but enjoy God. Mm. And all those things can be transformed. It's nice.
0: Yeah, yeah so the, the, the tone of the book it's and the, the way it's written and the, the, the subject matter of, all yeah. melds in together. What about you, Marcia? What are you enjoying so far?
2: Uh, I just love the premise that you can be in relationship with God and your experience of that and his presence and um, even his personality is something that can feed into your everyday life. And each chapter kind of unfolds, unfolds a different aspect of that. So mm. just being reminded that God is personal and relation relational and thinking through what that looks like.
0: Mm. Yeah, what about you, Angus? What are you enjoying, mate?
3: Yeah, basically exactly the same um, following on from that uh, Having grown up a Christian, I've known a lot of stuff in the Bible, but this book actually helps expound that into um, how does it actually look like in an actual relationship? What do we... Um, yeah, mm. I don't know what the word is there, but you get the idea. I get the idea. <laughs> yeah, I really love
0: the uh, Mike and Emma's Monday morning bits, yeah. which um, get into the practical, what does this look like You know, after the weekend, at the start of the week? in the grind of life that has its ups and downs. Uh, I love the how real it is and how honest it is for all of life. Let's chat about what we're what we've learnt from these chapters about enjoying God, the Son. Uh, what have you learnt, Derek, in particular about God?
1: I think something struck me a few years ago that Jesus really Showing was um derek's phone's just yeah i've just been shown pictures that match jesus um (laughs) (laughs) it really dawned on me several years ago that jesus really was god in the flesh you know you when you're growing up you you think of jesus's birth Mm. on december the 25th Mm. and then you start to move not away from that but start to recognize you're really talking about Christ's incarnation on that first christmas and then you come to the realization that that incarnation meant that the mighty god of creation mm. if you pinched him in jesus he'd say ouch yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, just that reality of jesus in the flesh mm.
0: Mm. yeah it's amazing what god has done for us in Coming to earth as a man in the person of Jesus, yeah, and we can relate to him uh, in a way that we wouldn't otherwise be able to because of that, and also the
1: way it elevates humanity, yeah, yeah, to to think that God Himself would become Mm. a human being.
0: Uh, what about you, Marcia? What have you learned about God?
2: Uh, I think chapter six, when Uh, we introduce Jesus as uh, the part of the Trinity and the idea that he does nothing. Uh, I really enjoyed (laughs) that because it, it was one of those things where you're often in a society that's very busy and consumed with busyness. We get caught up in our own functioning and we get caught up in the narrative of Jesus doing in the Bible. But to stop and reflect, what is Jesus doing right now? nothing. And um, in fact, nothing looks like sitting at the right hand of the Father interceding for us. Mm. But the book (laughs) really emphasized that he's sitting. He's not doing, he's done. So it's yeah. that reminder that the gospel is done already for yeah. us. Um, yeah, yeah. And so don't think that you're doing the gospel or that Jesus is doing it, it is done, yeah. and yet he now intercedes for you at the right hand of the Father. Yeah. So the, just playing around with nothing yeah. has been mm. a really fun thing or, or inspiring thing to mm. think deeply about this week.
0: Yeah, that, that's such good news for us in our failures isn't it yes. yeah. that jesus has done everything yeah and is now doing nothing seated at the right hand of the father interceding for us yes it's almost um, blasphemous isn't it in a sense yeah, yeah it's pretty um it is to it's offensive to a world that wants to and thinks it can achieve on yeah. its own and without. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And I love the application of that. The application is we can be we can translate our own doing into being the utmost importance. And it's mm. no, there's a element of we know we need to be resting in what is done and yeah. not doing our lists of uh, failures or successes and mm. things like
0: that. Yeah, brilliant. What have you learnt about God, Angus, mm-hmm. from these chapters?
3: From these chapters, um, one thing that struck me was God's compassion. Mm-hmm. Um, it it's just amazing how Jesus has actually experienced everything that he's asked us to do. It's not a, him just directing us to do things. He's come and done it and said, Follow me. And that's beautiful.
0: Yeah, it sure is. There's that quote, um, the Black Adder quote in there. <laughs> uh, Chester's making the point that Jesus is ahead of us, not behind us, having gone through everything that he's asking us to go through. He's not like General Melchett in Blackadder who sends his troops to their death from the safety of his office. Mm. That's not our Jesus, is it? Um, moving on now to what we are learning about ourselves. What have you learned about yourself, Derek? Not, not over the course of your entire life, but Ugh. just from, the, <laughs> of course, but just from these chapters. I ain't learned nothing. Look, I
1: was just talking to, to Angus earlier, and I've learned from this, if you like, a coping skill in that, as I think everybody knows, I suffer from depression. And depression tends to be an inward-looking thing. Um, mm. And mm. you don't get much enjoyment or pleasure from you don't get much pleasure and enjoyment from what's within you but you don't get enjoyment and pleasure from what's without either but by looking and as he says earlier in the book you can't look at one person of the trinity without looking at all of them by taking that on board and and seeing the involvement of our triune god in life in general in the worst situation, as well as the best situation. <clears throat> excuse me, the best situation. I I read this book through in about a day and a half. I um, I came away uplifted, and mm-hmm. I I think that every person who suffers depression should read this book, mm-hmm. because it is a way of addressing life, which is depressing
3: mm-hmm.
1: for a depressive, but takes a lot of that burden away a lot of depression comes from things in the past get rid of them leave them at the cross all this sort of mm. message that the Chester's putting through i i, I just think mm. i'm learning how to deal with my depression better yeah, in a wow. day and a half of having read this and i'm going to read it again and again <laughs> i'm going to read this a couple of times mm. and i think that every christian should read this book quite frankly
0: yeah yep. Yeah. thanks for sharing that derek what about you, Marcia, what do you what do you have you learned about yourself?
2: Um, I think uh, chapter eight it really spoke to me, and yeah. the idea, and I was excited just by the by the title before I'd even read it. Uh, in every supper, we can enjoy the sun's touch, and I know from my experience. Meal times have always been one of the most joyful times in our family. And Mm. I look back um, at times when we've had family holidays, and some of you might know, I have a severely disabled sister. And so family holidays would have emotional highs and lows because she had some um, social awkwardness that when you're out and about, and particularly in community that don't know you, uh, there were some uh, always interesting times, Mm. even on family holidays. But I always remember coming back at the end of the day and our family would sit down together and have a meal together. And to be able to talk, converse, laugh, enjoy each other's presence over food became something that was um, very healing uh, for Mm. our family and very positive. And in the same way, so as soon as the idea of the Lord's Supper being a place where Jesus is present Mm. and is actually sharing himself, I find really appealing. Um, And so Mm. for me, I was wrestling with the idea that sometimes it's this sacrament in church, so the two modern sacraments. So there's a holiness about it and a set apartness, you know, when we Mm. do it formally in church but was really confronted with, well, isn't there an informal aspect of it? And Mm. with our small kids and we sit around the table every night uh, for dinner uh, and we say thank you, uh, we don't just need to say thank you for the food and then move on as if to say, oh, yeah, we, you know, note taken tick to God, box. tick that box. Mm-hmm. Rather, I had felt this real compel- compulsion of um, thanking Him or asking Him to be present. And yeah. it reminded me when I was a kid of, um, we used to sing this grace of be present at our table, Lord, God is love, be here and everywhere adored. And it's the idea that as you sit down with people, you're asking God to come into the conversation, to be. Present and through that conversation to shape each other, and Jesus is present. And mm. and then I was thinking today, like I um, I love Angus. Angus is in my Bible study, and I know lifestyle wise, you know, your day isn't looking like it's around the the table. But when I was like uh, single, like Angus, I remember one of my youth group leaders really modelled that. Be prepared for conversation with God. And we'd be in the car going to a youth group event or just a, a social and he would allow out aloud start praying. We pray that our conversations will be around you, Jesus, that you will be present with us tonight. Even as we go do, you know, beach volleyball or, you know, we go on camp. Mm. And so, yeah, I just love that the Lord's Supper is a formal symbol of that, that we do in church. But then thinking through practically, how can we do that in our day-to-day lives and ask God to be present with us? um, Mm. And be able to
0: experience the joy of that presence together in thankfulness to him. Yes. Yeah, I love those. um, there's, There's many tangible ways to enjoy that and experience that. Yeah, And one of those ways, of course, is that God has given us that meal yes. to participate together in Christ, knowing that he is with us as we do that. Um, what about you, Angus? What have you learnt about yourself from
3: these chapters? Mm-hmm. Um, I've learnt that in many subtle ways, um, I'm trying to earn my salvation in that I when I do things, am I doing them for love of God or because I know it's the Christian thing to do? And far too often, subtly, it is because it's the Christian thing to do, to keep up my appearance. Um, And that shows in all sorts of ways. Um, Like, for example, I went to uh, an MTS convention two years ago now, and they had a stand in a line of... um, saying, if you walked up to a random person on the street and evangelised, how comfortable would you be? Stand over this side, if really uncomfortable, up that side, if you're comfortable. And I, of course, stood at the really uncomfortable side um, for multiple reasons. Um, But one good point they did get at was, it's not you doing the work, it's the spirit. And that's part of why I felt uncomfortable, was because I don't know what to do. I don't know if I'm going to be capable of doing this. And it's just that reminder um, that comes through in this book that, it's not us. It's God mm. who does the work.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's definitely true that there's all kinds of subtle ways that we seek to, you know, earn God's favour or get his approval um, or win his love even. But that's freely given to us and that's definitely something that I've found as well as have read this book. Uh, moving now to our favourite chapter or favourite section... Derek, what about you? Is it
1: going to be the Lord's Supper? (laughs) You remember my little message. I I, I read the the chapter called What was it called? Eating with Jesus or in every supper we can enjoy the sons touched after having been involved in the church for most of my 70 years and having been involved in ministry of one sort of another for 30 odd years. I found this chapter on the Lord's Supper just so invigorating and and, and so refreshing. And and
0: Mm.
1: it enabled me. You, You were saying we have the formality of the Lord's Supper, but you wish we could have a little bit more, shall I say, informality. And I've grown up through a church that's always had formal Lord's Suppers. In fact, at the Rutherford Church I went to, Anyone who wasn't a communicant when the Lord's Supper began would get up and actually physically leave the church. Mm. I lived down the bottom of the hill, so I just went home. It was like a big secret thing. Mm. But could I just read a paragraph? And I think it might say better than what I'm trying to say. You may read the paragraph, Derek. Baptism is like a wedding. Formal promises are made and commitments are given as a result of a wedding. A single person becomes a married person. Our status changes. It's the same with baptism. Our status changes and we become in Christ people. If baptism is like a wedding, then communion is like a kiss. It's the reaffirmation of love. Christ comes close to us to reassure us of his love. He comes close to kiss us. Mm.
0: Yeah, I love those words. They express the assurance and the reminder, and that that closeness that intimacy we have, an intimacy we have with Jesus, that we're drawn into, and we experience through the supper that He gave us to enjoy together. Yeah, isn't that amazing? Yeah, to think of mm. the
1: communion service as a kiss—that really blew me away. Yeah. After thirty years of mm. conducting Lord's Suppers,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Derek. What about you, Marcia? What was your favorite chapter or section that you read?
2: I'm with Derek that I do think that idea of communion, we've got that practical aspect, really Mm. was the thing I was working through the most of. How can I make this part of my everyday life? Just as much as I delight in having a meal with my friends or my family, how do I make Christ part of that? But then to contrast that with the other mm-hmm. two chapters, it was interesting that um, the way that we talked about relating to the Son was either through failure or pain. And I thought they were interesting chapter hooks for how we relate to Christ. And one of the application questions in there was when you read the Bible, ask yourself what does this miracle show me about Jesus or the way that he relates to people as a way of connecting personally with him? Mm. So I kind of went away with um, a little bit as well that when I'm reading my Bible, so at the moment we're reading through the Gospel of Mark with our girls Amelia and Simone, that we don't just read the story and then go on to the discussion questions and things like that, but we pause and we comment on how Jesus is interacting personally with people. So this morning we actually looked at how Jesus uh, uh, healed someone with leprosy and we talked about he did it at great personal cost. So when he Mm. healed him there was you know he said to him don't tell anyone and but Mm. the guy was overjoyed to be healed and there was great personal cost of people mobbing him. The girls were like what does it mean to be mobbed? Um, And and when we're talking that he did this out of kindness he took he took his place but he often was doing things at personal cost and to see that relationally worked out in a narrative um helps me feel a closer bond um, personally to jesus as a as someone i know not just some distant figure
0: yeah so that helped jesus not just be this abstract kind of idea out there somewhere that. A real person in relationship with you. Yeah, Yeah.
2: and through his relationships in the New Testament that can help shape our relationship and understanding. Yeah.
3: Yeah, thanks Marcia. Angus? Yeah, my favourite chapter is uh, In Every Failure We Can Enjoy the Son's Grace, which is chapter 6. And I already touched on part of why that was. Mm. Um, But another part of why that is is um, I'm a bit of a perfectionist and yeah, failure hits perfectionist's pretty hard sometimes and because you can't do it right you go what did I do wrong and how am I going to fix this and those are still good questions but the intensity uh, needs to be lower it needs the priority of that question needs to be under God and what God does Mm. for us
0: yeah definitely definitely to finish up was there anything practical that you found really helpful in the book, there's the little sections at the end of each chapter, and but it's it's not just at the end of the chapters I've found like it's kind of been sort of weaved through the mm. chapters as well, sometimes practical suggestions, ideas, ways of explaining things what what stood out to you guys?
2: Um, I think I'm following on from Angus here, so.
0: Oh, that's good. Considering yeah. Angus just spoke, so. That's, I know,
2: yep. and I was there nodding profusely. I was like, A-type personality. Um, Maybe and we
0: it- need to take the podcast onto YouTube as well. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's not do that.
1: No, let's.
2: And, um, yeah, probably a lot of teachers out there are A-type personalities too. And I was just reflecting yesterday, um, I'm starting a new job this year and I had the opportunity to meet with my boss for three hours. And as soon as I walked out of that interview, there was the great temptation to have that list of to-do driving. You know, you want to be successful, you want to do that well, but to actually say no, find that spot of rest, find that spot of being who you are in Christ first, don't be driven by the to-do list, is something that I want to practically really wrestle with this year. Knowing mm. that, I, um, I'm i sure different types of personalities, others need more motivation to <laughs> actively work it out. Others of us need to learn to actively rest in Christ. It's almost that Mary Martha response, I think, to to mm. Jesus and the gospel. So. Um, yeah, that chapter as well, I found really confronting as a personality. Yeah.
0: Excellent. Derek, anything practical that stood out to you?
1: It is probably one of the most practical books I've ever read. <laughs> just reading through the chapters, the number of question marks he puts through. So he has you thinking all the way through, not just yeah. when it comes to the reflection questions at the end, He has you thinking all the way through. Question mark, question mark, question mark. But the thing that I think I like, when I first read it, or first read the first chapter, Mike and Emma's Monday Morning, I thought, oh, no. Just about every book you read starts off with a story. That's
2: the best bit, Derek.
1: And... and What's the story all about? What he has done is at the end of each chapter, he's told you what the story is all about Mm. because he goes past the episodes that they experience and then has their reflections, their reactions. Mm. And I I just think it's the only time I've seen a story at the front of a book that's made absolute sense in being there. And I I think this is just a brilliant book. I think he's written a brilliant book.
2: Mm.
1: I've enjoyed your review of it, (laughs) Derek. I'm hoping that...
0: Those of you who are listening that may not have started reading it yet will be inspired by Derek
1: to Uh, go and read it for yourself. You're missing out, you know, (laughs) as Molly Meldrum would say, do yourself a (laughs) favour, get it.
0: (laughs) Uh, Angus, practical stuff, mate?
3: Yeah, Um, I think there's two things I want to touch on first is the action uh, in the in the sixth book which is to every time we find ourselves uh, in trying to impress others you just say it is finished uh, because Christ has already done the work and um, I just wanted to go beyond that a bit and go uh, think through a couple of things in my life that I have actually thought this through Uh, and there's personal stuff where I'm trying to impress friends so doing things for their approval uh, and that kind of thing um, which is yeah, pretty self-explanatory, but also uh, in my work life, I work in a corporate culture and, you know, they're always talking about build your brand, get your promotion, you know, tell them how good you are and it's like, no, that is not what we're supposed to do um, and it's been very difficult working out how that's influenced my my thinking and um, turning it back to go, no, it's finished. Um, and the other thing was, um, in, the, in the same chapter, there's uh, a bit about a can't even remember, find his name. Uh, somebody, Owen. John uh, Owen. John Owen, thank you. Um, talks about a thing called blessed bartering uh, and a yeah. thinking over our failures and actually going, Here, God, I failed, but you've said to put all our bur- burdens on you. Um, mm. Here they are. And that's just such a. It's just waiting there for us to accept it. And we, so often we don't, but there's nothing stopping us. It's not that God is disappointed with us or is away from us. It's just that we think that we can't do that, which we can. Mm. The, the promise is clear uh, mm. in the Bible.
0: Yep. Yeah, it's an, it's an amazing book. Um, and I can tell that all three of you are enjoying it, okay. which Absolutely. is great. Thanks so much for coming on the Enjoying God podcast book club for this so episode.
2: Thanks for having us here. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of the Enjoying God podcast book club on Enjoying God the Sun with Derek, Marcia and Angus. Next episode is on Enjoying God the Holy Spirit and I'll be back with another group of you who are reading Tim Chester's book this summer.